Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. All right. Happy Wednesday. Let's get to it. I know it. All right. What we're here's what we're not gonna do. All right. We gotta have a real frank discussion about what the hell happened to the Kings in Phoenix last night. And that's going to happen. We're gonna talk about the collapse. We're gonna talk about things they did wrong. We're gonna talk about some things they did right. Da da da. We're not going to hit panic buttons. We're not going to ask for people to be fired. We're not going to bench anybody. We're not We're not doing any of that. So if that's what you're looking for, sorry. If you're not looking for that and you're wanting a more kind of level-headed discussion that still provides, you know, a critique of whatever that was in the mm-hmm. desert. Yes. <laughs> uh, while also still having a little bit of, of optimism for the future, uh, we're here for you. We got you. Good morning, James. Good Happy morning, Wednesday. Kyle. Thursday, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's not Uh, your favorite day of the week. It's the most Tuesday, Wednesday of all time. It does feel weird. Like it feels like it should be later in the week. We have a lot of these lately. These four day weeks. Mm -hmm. They're they're odd, Kyle. I don't know what's happening. It's a dude. That's the radio thing. Starting Thanksgiving week through, uh, I mean, really Martin Luther King Day. It is just a four day week. Okay, this person's off. Okay, that person's off. To make matters worse, I'm off next week. Yeah, you're just bailing so I'm on just, me. Uh, dude, I'm getting out of Dodge. Yeah, you're just bailing. I'm zooming. <laughs> Wait till you find out that I'm leaving the last week of the regular season, too. Oh. I don't think... Here's the problem with getting laid off. <laughs> here's the problem with getting laid off. Is you're, you're planning things out assuming that you're going to have a job. Yes. And so at my last job... I had all these pl- things like planned out and mapped out where I knew like, okay, I'm solid to do this. I'm solid to go here. I'm solid to go here. And then you get a new job and it makes it look like, wow, that guy leaves a lot. Yeah. Like, well, sorry. And this, this vacation <laughs> coming up, it got, it got pushed back. We were supposed to go to, to Maui, but of course there are the devastating fires down there. Uh, so we had to move some things around and push some things back. And obviously we're no longer uh, going to go. Uh, visit Maui so we're doing something else so anyways uh, that's also happening so yeah weird week and uh, maybe that's what's going on with the Kings right now 
Maybe it, yeah, <laughs> it's just a just it's a little strange like look, strange stretch, man. <laughs> these dips in the season happen. They happen all the time. And I could make the argument that the Kings have never really had the natural progression of a season. Like what we've seen so far from them, the disjointed look that we've seen from start to finish is something that is an anomaly in NBA mm-hmm. circles. Like you have good teams that that win a bunch of games and then lose every once in a while by lopsided margins. Sure, you have bad teams that lose by lopsided margins all the time mm-hmm. and, and can't figure out. But there's usually a very natural progression. The first couple of weeks of the season, you want your team to learn how to compete. Sure, whether they're good or bad. Mm-hmm. Then as they progress, you want them to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's tough because you can get a bunch of games late in fourth quarters and and blow a game like what we saw last night in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is that they learn how to win consistency uh, consistently and they progress from there, right? Mm-hmm. I think, in all honesty, the Sacramento Kings had just never had any of their steps at all this season. They yeah. just either thump somebody or they just don't show up. And there was no middle ground. One game early in the season I can remember where – you know they had the good game against uh, against Golden State, right, where they lost on the Clay Thompson buzzer beater, right. That was a good game. We saw mm-hmm. the comeback, but that even that comeback against Golden State was totally bizarre yeah. and like had no business being put in any sort of shell of uh, like that was a De'Aaron and Fox one man show. Yeah, that was a twenty point lead, and you're trying to get into the play in tournament, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the end season tournament. Like the whole thing felt weird. Like mm-hmm. they they're trying to not lose by twelve points to Warriors, and they end up losing the game. <laughs> like the whole thing is, is weird. So for me, this week was actually really big. You got thumped by a Philadelphia 76ers team that clearly was better than you, even without Joel Embiid. Without mm-hmm. the league MVP, they still crushed you. Mm-hmm. But then the effort we saw against the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. was spectacular. The game was great. They looked like they had it. And then, of course, they blow the nine-point lead, right? Mm-hmm. That In that game, the veteran team that's been together forever, who's who's already established what the those steps are for them, mm-hmm. they've already figured out how to win games, how to win close games, and they beat you. Yeah, You get to the Phoenix game, and realistically, I, I think it's part of the same thing. A team made adjustment, a team got hot, a team that's a veteran team who has veteran stars, and they figured out how to win a game and mm-hmm. you barely lost a game. So I'm not of the, uh, this team easily could have been four and one on this trip. They finished two and three, but I'm not like, you know, like chicken little here. The sky is falling at all. These in a lot of sense, this was a good thing for the Kings to lose these games. It may not feel that way at the end of the season. If they, they well, missed a play in tournament or, or anything else, but they need to learn how to win these games. And I don't think they had had that process yet. Well, they're now the seven seed. Yeah. So I I, 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 I would like you to explain what you mean by mm. it's a good thing that they lost these games because I'm struggling to find like where blowing a six-point overtime lead and then blowing an 18-point lead with 537 left in a game is like, yeah, hey, this is good. No, no, I, I totally get you. Swell. I, I get you, but uh, like I would look at like how many times uh, Brock Purdy needs to be in games that matter. He needs to be in games that are close in the end. Mm. And in a lot of sense, part of the, the problem with Brock Purdy's development and why people feel the way they do is because he's never had come from behind victories. Right. 
And it's because he plays for a team that stomps on everybody. Sure. And then the three games they lost that were legitimate losses in the middle of the season, they they didn't play well at all, mm-hmm. right? And, and so those were just blowout games. And sure, he was part of the reason for that. But that's what, kind of where I'm at with the Kings. Like, they've never had these games this season. And every season is different. This is clearly not last season Sacramento Kings. So we right. can't just say, hey, look, this is where they finished last year and they should be able to build directly on that. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, you know what they have? They're still six games over 500, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and that's further ahead when where they were last year on January 15th or January mm-hmm. 16th. So like their progression is there. But what they need to do is they need to find ways to win these games and you don't find ways to win these games without actually being in these types of games. The problem for me with last night specifically is this should not have been one of those types of games. No, it shouldn't. <clears throat> and no. and the problem was the the Suns had multiple times in the first half and then and then earlier in the second half where they'd chip away and get the get it to ten. Yeah. And the Kings didn't have a response. So Suns respond back they get it to eleven, Kings respond back to nineteen. You get it as high as twenty two in the fourth quarter. The Suns battle back a little bit, but again, 18 points with 537 left. That's borderline like, okay, get a couple of stops and coaches are emptying their benches. Mm-hmm. And they they end up smoking that game. And that that is where I understand what you're saying. And I and I totally agree. Like at some point you need to play in these close games. You need to learn how to win them. It's the same thing like in the playoffs last year. We went, man, you know what? Part of it is just experience. You need to to gain that experience. And that's why it's so hard for any NBA team to just jump into the postseason for the first time and go go win a title. Yes. There's there's levels to this and there's steps, like you were talking about earlier. Last night specifically, though, I think the Milwaukee game is way more along those lines. That is a team that has won a title that is two great players in Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard, and you <clears throat> fall behind late, but you get a bucket to send it to overtime. And okay, you faltered in overtime, but you know what? That's really good experience. Mm-hmm. This was just a collapse. This was ju- this was fall. This was face planning, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a a ton of like silver linings for for me anyway. In yeah, you know what? It was close. Well, it shouldn't have been. They 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 had missed jump shots. They had turnovers, multiple turnovers. Yep. They they were having layups blocked, and then on the other end, they just start giving up buckets, and. That inability to, okay, hey, lock in, get a stop. Okay, here's our go-to. We're going to get a bucket here. The inability to do that in every big spot last night is really, really concerning. Yeah, I get that. But I would also tell you that the way that the Phoenix Suns played, the way that they switched their what they were doing, mm-hmm. where, how they went small, right? So they, they used Kevin Durant at the five, mm-hmm. right? And they went super small. The Kings didn't adjust to that. And that's where I think Mike Brown talks about like a teaching moment. Like you can mm-hmm. look at that and go, okay, we just saw why when a team goes small, we can have problems. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the problem is like, look, it doesn't matter how good Demonis Sabonis is. And we do a lot of praising of Demonis Sabonis on this show because I think he's underappreciated. I think he needs to be put out there more as a star level player, sure. even a superstar level player. I mean, he's got 11 triple doubles on the season. He's got 23 consecutive double doubles. But you watch what happened in that game last night he was still trying to run the standard offense at the top of the key mm-hmm. when they didn't have anyone who could defend him in the post. So I need him to go full Jackie moon and go position himself down low and then throw the ball out and then get the ball back and then throw the ball out and <laughs> keep working until he's under the basket and, and, and you know, give me the ball again. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Okay. Yeah. Back to me, back to me. 
like I needed him to do that. And and then on the defensive end, like what we saw from Sabonis was unfortunately he ran back into the blocks thinking he was going to have to go up against Nurkic or go up against a big, a big body. Yeah. And all of a sudden, by the time he made an adjustment, it was too late. They had yeah. already released a three point shot. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, again, he needs to work on. He needs to figure out, but also like, look, this team has a problem complaining to the officials. We saw the play last night mm-hmm. where uh, De'Aaron Fox is is screaming at one official on, on on the far end as they inbounds the ball. They race right down the court. Demonis Sabonis, you pan forward. He's yelling at the other official underneath the basket because he clearly thought he got fouled. You got two guys that are yelling at the officials. Kevin Herter's trying to defend three dudes. <laughs> and then afterwards, Kevin Herter goes over and says something to Domas. Like, you're yeah. like, hey, man, we can't do that. Like, what are right. you doing? Like, I can't leave... Yeah a knockdown shooter in the corner because you're yelling at an official. And so, like, look, I think there's some growing up this team needs mm-hmm. to have happen here, mm-hmm. and they need to make some adjustments in these key spots. But, like, how many teams out there can go small with Kevin Durant at the five? It's one because there's only saying, one. Is there other ones? <laughs> there's only one Kevin Durant that right. you can do that with. Right. And, you know, there are, like, Nuanced issues that have cost but, them games in the last couple of ga- uh, the last couple of days. Totally, the the one of the critiques I've had of Demonis Sabonis has been that lack of assertiveness offensively. And I know that's not the type of player he is. I totally get it. He's gonna yep. look for other guys to get their shots. And okay, maybe he has a good shot, but he's looking for the great shot. I, I understand, but he is supposed to be this team's second best player. And in the NBA, in crunch time. Your best players need to go get you buckets. We have seen him push smaller centers around before. He does it all the time. We've seen him have 25, 30, 35-point games just moving centers out of the way and going and getting easy baskets. You need to demand the ball in that spot, dude. Yeah. I don't care who it's against. I don't care if it's Kevin Durant or Draymond Green or whoever it is. Whatever undersized center is playing you, you cannot be a, a dominant center in the league who gets played off the court by small ball. And Demonis Sabonis does that to himself. Yeah. No, I'm go, with you. Go back your ass into the post, call for the damn ball, and score. Get Kevin Durant in foul trouble so he can't kill you on the other end. Yeah. Do something. But setting screens and flipping passes is not is not it. That's not what you want from in that your moment. second best player in, in that spot. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Anyways, plenty more on this coming up. We're going to get to James' six quick thoughts sponsored by a nobody, but it could be you. Rich.Ripley at Odyssey.com if you would like to sponsor Six Quick Thoughts. That's coming up next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Uh, if you're hanging out on hold, please continue to do so. We will get to you shortly. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. 916-909-1320. That's 916-909-1320. If you would like to converse about what the heck happened to the Kings last night against the Suns in Phoenix, the Kings with... Uh, 537 left, led 112-94, to and they lost 119-117 to in regulation. It was a little bit ugly, but let's get to James Hamm's six quick thoughts. 
how'd yesterday's Kings game go? Not great. Kings insider great, James Bob. Ham has six notes you need to know. Yeah, he does. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Six of them things. James, get us started. Number one. Uh, De'Aaron Fox looked extra motivated to race a bad taste left by the loss of Milwaukee. He's probably going to feel the same way. 33 points, 12-24 shooting, uh, six makes from long range, but uh, lots of turnovers in the final frame, lots of bad shots in the final frame, and his foul with 1.6 seconds remaining, brutal. Man. Brutal. Man. Like, you can't... I get... He's in an impossible spot there, right? Impossible. Like Kevin Durant, if if of all the players all time, if you need a bucket, Kevin Durant is one of the like five guys you're going to. Yes. He's seven foot. He's going to get to his spot. He's going to rise up. There are very few people in the NBA who are impacting his shot, much less six foot three De'Aaron Fox. Like that's an impossible, but you can't foul. You can't let him go to the line and shoot two free throws. No, I I totally agree, and I mean it's basically two games in a row where the final play came down to a defensive error by De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, and it, the Milwaukee game, I, I'm gonna like carve out a little bit. He took a bad angle on on Damian, and then didn't spin around fast enough. But yes. there were other plays on that. Uh, there are other things that happened, like Demonis again didn't shift up. Yeah. to to seal off uh, to go defend uh, Damian Lillard as soon as he came across the line. Right, and there's something else that was hidden in that. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo tried to call for the ball on the inbounds and Malik Monk completely jumped it and took away Giannis. And I don't think Giannis could have brought the ball up the court in and done what Damian Lillard could have done. <laughs> I, he might've dunked it. Takes him about three steps to get there. It, it does, <laughs> but it would have been, I know, I know a hundred percent what you're saying. It would have been a lot more difficult. So yeah, no doubt. Um, Okay. Yeah, no, but the good news, I, I, I'm going to try and find a little silver lining here because, like I said, you can't foul on that spot. De'Aaron Fox, like you said, is looking a little more like De'Aaron Fox after a rough a rough couple of games offensively. Yeah, yeah, he and looks like he's he's fully back, and yeah. I think people should be excited about that. It's yeah. just, you know, I think there's still some mental errors. And yep. fourth quarter Fox, he wasn't there. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't the same as what we've seen in the past. Yep, for sure. All right, number two. Uh, Sabonis was a problem. He posted his 23rd straight double-double, uh, his 11 triple-double of the season, 21 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Uh, I thought they should have run a ball through him more lately, uh, late in the game uh, as things were falling apart. But again, I think he needed to figure out what was happening as well. Uh, so maybe that's a little bit of a strong take by me, but at the same no, time, you know. he Demonis Sabonis is a great player. He's an all NBA player mm-hmm. in a spot like that. He needs to demand the basketball. If we ran through the all NBA team right now and then maybe give it a fourth team, let's go through the top 20 guys in the league. I think 19 of them are calling for the ball in that spot and going and getting the ball and making something happen for their team. Okay. So two things about it. Number one, he should have recognized he's going up against a smaller player and got down low. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think everyone in the league knows he's a horrible foul shooter. He needs to clean that up before mm. he becomes that guy in that situation. Yep. Because I don't think I want it because he did miss one of two in the final five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So in a one point game. Yep. Um need to hit free throws, man. Yep. You say it every seventy three percent as a team is not uh, is not gonna cut it. Nope. All right, number three. Keegan Murray continues to show new wrinkles with the game. Uh he tried to put KD on a poster, finished with eighteen points, four rebounds, three assists, a block, and a steal. But, Kyle, the Kings forgot about him 
And that's on him, and it's on the Kings. His teammates need to not forget about him. That's not okay because he's spectacular in a lot of these situations. He had a big three in that game down the stretch. Mm -hmm. They needed at least three or four more opportunities for Keegan. Yeah, and when you talk about, like, how many times at this trade deadline have we, or, or as we approach a trade deadline and we talk about it, how many times have we talked about the need for, like, another creator offensively? Man, if they could get somebody who go, that's what, like, last night is where. And I think Keegan Murray is a guy that you would love to see. Hey, they are playing small. He's going to be guarded by somebody he can rise and fire over. Mm-hmm. Get into the mid-range. He's so good there. Yeah. And get to the bucket. There, there, there are ways that Keegan Murray is creating his own shot and has created his own shot that I would like to see them uh, go to him in that in that spot if it's not going to be uh, Demonis Sabonis. Yep. Number four. The Mediterranean diet. You want to make this happen so this bad. Is, this is my new <laughs> Sasha Vazenkov. I'm, I'm calling him. Like, when you have a game like this, he was he got cooking in this one. Yeah. Uh, he moved so well without the ball, man. I, You know, it's funny. I put up the Mr. Deeds, uh, the John Totoro clip of I'm very, very sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. He just like shows up under the basket, like ready to catch in and put it in the basket. Uh, he's still off a little bit on the three, but man, he was he was fun to watch. 14.69 off the bench. Uh, he was impactful, especially in the first half where he had 12 points. Every once in a while, there will be, I think I've compared him to Hunter Pence before. Oh, yeah. Hunter Pence, really good player with the with the Phillies and the Astros and the Giants. And everything he did was unorthodox. Yes. His swing looked funny. His throwing motion looked funny. The his way batting he ran stance. looked funny. His batting stance was weird. But, dude, it was so effective. Yeah. And you watch him and you're going, there's no way this guy can hit, bang, 420-foot homer. And you're like, what the? There's no way this guy can hose the guy at third base. You're like, what is? That's Sasha to me. Every yeah. time he hits the court, it's like, oh, boy. And he just produces. He's just good. Hunter Pence looked like... Stop judging books by their cover, you know? He always, to me, he looked like he just jumped off a horse and started running like like bow-legged. Like, <laughs> like everything about him was just so awkward and like, sure. like what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like, I'm not quite sure. But yeah. he, man, he's, Work, he's good. He's a heck of a player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, number five. Uh, Malik Monk set the table for uh, his teammates early, running the offense perfection. Uh, again, early in the game, there's some spelling... Um, That's 13, fine. 13 points, eight assists. Uh, but he, he also finished with tie, five turnovers and kind of melted down late in the game. Mm. Um, forced a lot of things and not a great finish for him at all. Yeah. Three turnovers in the fourth quarter. Mm. One of six from the field, one of three from three. That's, and that's kind of the give and take with Malik Monk, right? You're going to have games like that. He's not, whatever Malik Monk is as a player. It's not a consistent, hey, you're going to get 18 and 6 a night, pencil it in. Sometimes you're going to get nights like last night where he really struggles in the fourth quarter and he turns it over a few times, but then there's going to be other nights where he scores 30 and has nine assists. And that's just kind of what you live with because the highs are high enough that it's worth a fourth quarter like last night. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it's at. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's definitely, he's a mistake player and you got to live with the good, you got to live with the bad. Yeah. And and again, a lot of people want him to play forty minutes a night. And some nights, like in my opinion, last night Mike Brown should have gone back to Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter played really, really well. And and late in the game, I thought Malik had made a couple of mistakes, and you probably needed to go back to the guy who had played really well defensively, who had just hit a three, who has started to come around a little bit and has been giving you a different energy, a much bigger player. 
And mm-hmm. I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying in that game. Yeah. Sometimes you don't got it. I Malik, you know, ran into the middle of the key looking for a foul way too often late in the game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, Kevin Herter just three minutes in the fourth quarter last night. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – we can put a pin in that and, and talk about it a little more. Uh, number six, finish these up. Hey, well, well, here's the pin right here. Uh, the Kings have been waiting for Kevin Herter to awake from his slumber oh. and appears <laughs> the patience is finally paying off. Uh, he was active, man. He scored mm-hmm. 10 points, grabbed three rebounds, and picked up two steals. Um, his steal early in the game was crazy where he just jumped up and, like, grah, yeah, and just, just like, grabbed the ball. Interception. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but from, like – eight feet away yeah yeah it was like really i thought he he's finding his game again and that's a good thing for the sacramento kings whether it's, it's for him to be here in sacramento or if it's if he's somewhere else after the deadline whatever it is this is a good thing for the kings you it is just really apparent even when he's hitting a couple of shots how much different their offense is oh yeah I, he he wasn't spectacular last night he went four of nine from the field and two of six from three but it's like once he knocks a couple down, it just really feels like the entire offense starts rolling. Yeah, when you see him come off the high DHO, Dribble the, off. the entire defense moves towards him, mm-hmm. and it just changes everything for the yep. team. Yep. Yeah, yep. really crazy. All right. Anyways, that's six quick thoughts. If you'd like yeah. to sponsor that, rich.ripley.odyssey.com. There it is. It's wide open for you or your business. All right. 916-909-1320. That's 916-909-1320. Up next, we have somebody on hold. We'll get to them. Mm. We also have your Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game, which, of course, not only now qualifies you to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate, you also might win a Kings jersey. Mm. We're giving away Kings jerseys. And when you enter to win that $100 gift certificate, you're also entering to win a Sacramento Kings joysy. Very nice. Yeah, dog. We'll tell you who that player is next. We'll tell you what the code word is right here on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Are we back? Talking about an ugly Kings loss last night. Blew a 22-point fourth quarter lead. Man, that stretch from 537 to 222 was tough. So Fox misses a jumper with 537 left. Bradley Beal hits a layup. Sabonis misses one of his two free throws on the other end. That's what you were talking about earlier. Grayson Allen hits a three. Now it's a 14-point game. Malik Monk turnover, Kevin Durant dunk, 12-point game. De'Aaron Fox turnover, Kevin Durant three, nine-point game. You get the gist. Mm-hmm. And it just they it felt like that entire time it's like okay they get they get a bucket here it stems away and then they continued to just turn it over there was a like I said there was a blocked layup in there from Malik going in looking for a foul mm-hmm. yeah it's tough you know Kyle though I, I will say this and I'll keep saying it I know some Kings fans won't agree with it you might not agree with it I would so prefer to lose a game like that than to lose a game like you did to Philadelphia. Because I can look Wait. at, like, fully. I can look at the game against Phoenix, and I can I can pull guys aside if I'm the coaching staff, show them specific things. I can figure out the why. There have been, like, 10 games this season that I can't tell you why the Kings lost other than they just flat out didn't show up. Sure. And that's not okay. And so for me... Like, look, I I don't think there are moral victories mm-hmm. as so much as there are games where you can learn something and games that are just flushes yeah. that you just want to you you want to forget so quickly. There's so much good game footage from this. Somebody tried something different against the Kings. They didn't adjust to it and mm-hmm. they lost. Yeah, the Kings didn't react well. Mm-hmm. So how do we figure that one out? Yeah, we sit in a game in a film room and we and then we take it out onto the court. And we work through a couple of things that make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get better. Yeah. The, the other games, you can't get better from that. Nah. You can't get better from just not showing up. Like, yeah. I, in my opinion, like, I, like if you can't walk out of a game saying, hey, I know why this, this, and this happened, other than, oh, we didn't have enough effort. Mm-hmm. We didn't bring energy and effort to the yeah. game. We didn't play hard enough. Yeah. Well, that if, if you have too many of those, that's where you get to the point where you need different players. Sure. If they don't want to play hard enough, okay, let's go find some other guys that do want to play hard enough. Yeah. This is a game where you got schematically beat by somebody. Coaching staff didn't Mm -hmm. adjust quickly enough. The players on the court did not adjust quickly enough. Mm -hmm. You had guys that tried to do things that weren't part of the scheme, that weren't part of the idea, the soul of this team. Sure. And when things get chippy and things get like crazy and wild – Players usually re- to regress to who they are deep down, and I think that's what happened. You had guys, some guys regress and and really play poorly in a really big situation, and you lost. But again, I, teaching moments all over the place. Let, we'll hear from Mike Brown here in a second. He had some really interesting things to say post-game, but we'll hear that in a moment. But Matt has been hanging out on hold in West Sac very patiently. Thanks for waiting, Matt. You're on uh, The Insiders on ESPN 1320. What's up? Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate all you guys are saying. I, I, I'm, I have a few disagreements with you, James. I appreciate your perspective. You're a very positive dude, and, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not a very hyperbolic 
Kings fan that likes to fly off the hinges after every loss. But I have to say, you know, and you, you're talking about learning experiences and, and them, these are going to be good, you know, productive losses, I guess you could say, come the end of the year. But to me, I just see a team that continues to find different ways to lose games. Um, and, and I know that, you know, we can talk about free throws and turnovers and all that. But overall, I feel like this team has lost their identity. You know, De'Aaron Fox has come into the season. He's a great three-point shooter now. We're all happy with that. But he's not the same player that he's been that kind of made him um, amazing last year. This team was so efficient. They shot, I think it was the highest percentage in the league or top two or top three or whatever it was. And I think that's because we saw the ball movement. You know, they, they played a lot like pr- the Prime Warriors did where every, you know, every player was touching the ball on every possession. Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing De'Aaron Fox ram his head into a wall and Malik Monk rammed their head into a wall. And, you know, the end of the game was a prime example of that last game. You know, there was two or three dribbles, and now it's your turn. Two or three dribbles, and now it's your turn. And it's like, when you see Kevin Herter starting to come back, you see Harrison Barnes having a nice game. Okay, well, get those guys back into the game, play as a team like you have been doing, you know, that to get you to the playoffs last year, and, and go from there. But I just feel like they've lost that plot a little bit. They've lost their identity, and, and, I, and I don't really see them getting it back right now. Man. All right, thanks, Matt. That is, hey, look, that uh, is dark. Hey, man, <laughs> I I agree that they have lost their identity. Their identity last season was just a team that played out of their mind on offense. But I would also point out that the Kings had thirty four assists last night. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like they they didn't move the ball. And, and to be honest with you, I think that assist total is low. Like the Suns, whoever's doing stats there for the Suns. Like, I watched Malik Monk come out of the first quarter with two assists, and I remember, like, four or five. Huh, interesting. Like, him on the t- in the two-man game with Sabonis yeah. kept rolling. He kept hitting guys in the corner for the open three. Like, there were things where you're like, hang on a sec. That's He had the two, uh, like, dump-offs to Sasha for layups, yeah. which were his assists. So they weren't giving him the roll. Mm. They weren't getting him the assist on the roll with sure. Sabonis. I'm like, what in the world? Where's like, what are we doing here? Um, so, so I don't think that I think in crunch time, yes, that and that's that's yes. that's exactly it. So that's what. What's funny is I jumped into the rundown last night. <clears throat> this is on me. Flag on me. I jumped into the rundown last night and just put some really cursory, just like, hey, initial thoughts. I had a couple other things to do. I didn't want you to look and sit, think I'd done anything. So <laughs> I jumped in and I just put a couple things and I. I wrote like mid third quarter. This looks like the Kings mm. because it did. Yeah, it very much looked more like the Kings from last year. I also said sorry to Matt Ishbia who just bought the Suns and now the Kings own them. But that's again flag on me for for writing that joke <laughs> prematurely. It's my fault. I'll wear that. But no, um, I didn't actually write it. Um, no, it just I, I thought like you said that looked like Kings basketball last night until crunch time, until. The I I mentioned it earlier until that five thirty seven mark, where the Suns cut it to fourteen or to sixteen and then to fourteen and then to twelve. It's like at that point you need to be able to settle and go okay, take a timeout. Everybody lock in. Still up twelve. There's a mm-hmm. few minutes left. We get a bucket and a stop. This game's over. And they just never did. And the fact that in crunch time there's not. Everything Matt said to me was correct in crunch time. Yeah. It is my turn, your turn, bad shot, bad shot, getting out of the offense. It's Demonis Sabonis trying to run the offense. And I just, I don't think they have a plan when games get tight. And that's something I think they need to lock down. 
Yeah, but I would say last season they did. They were so good in those situations last year. And I do think think that they've lost their way when Mm -hmm. it comes to all of that. But like the Kings have not been in this situation hardly at all, all season long. How much of it? How much of it was just De'Aaron Fox being individually brilliant in fourth quarters last year, though? And what he did in fourth quarters last year wasn't something I thought was particularly sustainable, <laughs> and that's fine. Like what he did last year was unbelievable, and he's still a player, one of the best crunch time players in the league. Well, but if it's not going to be, hey, De'Aaron, go help, go do this, I then. I need a different plan than whatever they're doing right now. No, I got you. But I would also tell you that while De'Aaron Fox led the league in clutch scoring last year, which is in the last five minutes, what, what is it? Five-point game. Five-point game in the last five minutes. I think that's right. I think he's probably not even registering on the meter this year because they don't have any clutch, any crunch time minutes. There's just, there, there's just not. This team, point. this particular team, has not been in that situation at all, all season long. They just haven't. And so uh, I think that, again, like experience can be gained from these situations, but you also have to like kind of settle down and be and be part of a game like that. Like you need these games. These matter. Like having this experience, it will matter if you make it to the postseason. It will matter like going forward. And I expect them to get better and I expect them to learn from these things. And you can't keep having these things. Again, I would much rather this than losing to the Pelicans by 25 or 30. You know, to me, like, there's no value in that in that game at all. Yeah. And so while I agree that, yes, they have lost their way uh, as far as their identity, I still think that they're a good team. They're just trying to figure out, like, they, they, they're not firing on all cylinders. According, according to NBA.com, <clears throat> The Kings have played the eighth most crunch time clutch minutes this year. Oh, wow. But their offensive rating in those clutch minutes is 108.0. That is 19th. Yeah, that's not great. That's behind Toronto, Houston, Charlotte, Chicago, Golden State. Yeah. Brooklyn. Like, that's, they have to be better in those spots. Yep. I guess just, I think that's. I'm going to look up some player advanced stats too, or clutch stats here at uh, at the break. But let's hear from Mike Brown last night. You, we talked a little bit about this earlier, mm-hmm. where you went, you'd prefer a game like last night versus a game in Philly, where Philly, they were just kind of outmatched, even without Joel Embiid. Whereas last night, you're up 22 in the fourth. Most teams are chalking that up as a win, and you let that one slip away. Here's what Mike Brown had to say about it after the game. The reality of it is they went small, and we couldn't score. We couldn't score inside. Katie did a heck of a job. Uh, or we took some bad shots. I thought we drove in the traffic two or three times. And instead of playing the way we normally play, you drive the ball, you touch the pain. If help comes, play off a two and spray it. Uh, we tried to go for the foul and shoot over uh, two or three guys at the rim. Um, and then we took some tough threes, and they forced us into tough threes. Uh, we had no pace in the half court to end the game. Uh, we were holding the ball a lot. And so uh, their ability to play KD at the five and still match up with us uh, because we couldn't score uh, really slowed us down. And we have to figure that out because that's happened to us in the past. So great, great uh, learning lesson for us all. Yeah, I, I think when he says for us all, I think a lot of that is on the coaching staff. Like you said, this is about, to me, not just going, hey, Domas, next time we're in that situation, go get on the block. Or, hey, hey, Malik, next time we're in that situation, uh, 
d- sp- spray it out when you drive. Don't try and shoot. Like, this is going to be, I think, a concerted, like, sit down with film. Here are a dozen plays that need to go differently in X, Y, and Z spot. Yeah, it, I, I think that when you're thinking about this season, right, how many games last year did they go through this exact thing where they're learning how to do this? You know, a 48-win team, they're good. Right. But a lot of those games were tight. A lot of them were the Kings barely getting over the hump, even like Mm -hmm. their projected win total, even at the end of the season versus what you would have thought it would have been was like six or seven games over what they should have been. It's because they came up with clutch moments. So when you take away like a basically a standard buildup of a season where you're having games like this all the time and, and you're not getting to a point where you're you're experienced in those games. And, mm-hmm. and again, we can talk about how this is the same group of players, but it's really not. Kevin Herter is certainly not the same player, but also Keegan Murray's not the same player. De'Aaron Fox is averaging four more points per game. Demonis Sabonis is his stats across the board are different. It, Malik Monk wasn't playing in the fourth quarter down the stretch of every single game. That's not what happened last year mm-hmm. for people who aren't remembering that. Right. There were other players, uh, Harrison Barnes, uh, Kevin Herter. Yeah. They were playing major minutes down the stretch. Harrison Barnes is not the same player he was last year. Sure. So you have a change in balance of all of these pieces where guys just aren't doing the same things they were, and some of it's positive and some of it's negative. But... That's what what we talk about, like the organic growth of a team. This team has grown together differently mm-hmm. this season than they did last year, and they look totally different to me. Like again, it's not the same offense. It's not the same, you know. Again, flying off the DHOs all the time, the dribble handoffs. It's not. It's not any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very different, nuanced changes to the offense that makes it look and feel differently. And also, this team just doesn't compete half the time. And so, which is wild. That I, was that was the that was the you you said two things there. That one, and then one other thing you you mentioned, Kevin Herter. I want to get back to, but that's the thing when we talked before the season, mm-hmm. the compete level was never <sighs> a thing I even questioned would be a problem. No, you. In could, fact, we said you could talk about their physicality, whether they're soft or whether that that was an issue, whether yeah. they were physical enough, but the compete level. No. Right. We we sat there and we said because a lot of the preseason prognostication about the Kings was that ah, they're going to get hurt. They're going to be 11th in the West cuz they're going to get hurt and that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, in pushing back against that, we would, you know, kind of lay out, okay, well, hey, here's the opposite way this could go. Instead of that worst-case scenario, and so much of it was, hey, they're going to be able to stack some wins early on because there are a lot of teams where the Clippers or the Nuggets or all these teams that have been to the playoffs and they're the Lakers, another one, all these teams that have been to the playoffs and they go to the playoffs. It's like, yeah, they don't care about November, October, November, December. Like their, their, their season starts in, in on Christmas. Yeah. So, or even February after the deadline. Uh, sure. Yeah. That's when, and so the Kings are going to go out there and they're going to compete. They're going to try their asses off and they're going to be able to, and they, they haven't. And that's that's shocking to me. The other the other thing, real quick, is you just mentioned Kevin Herter, which I want to pull the pin out of the Malik Monk Kevin Herter thing. You mentioned earlier that last night, if 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 you were coaching, you would have pulled Malik Monk in the fourth quarter and put Kevin Herter in. Well, 
And I, I don't mean at any point in the fourth quarter. I just think that there was a point in that game where Malik had, like, he turned the ball over. He'd missed some shots. It like it, he had gotten reckless. Okay. Yeah, and, and he's a player who plays on the edge, right? We all mm-hmm. know that he's he's a mistake player, sure. and mistake players are great because sometimes they make good mistakes and sometimes they make bad mistakes, but. Mm-hmm the energy and everything else they bring to the court is, is amazing. It's and far, so positives far outweigh the negatives. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially with him. Like, mm-hmm. like the Kings have had mistake players in the past, like the yeah. buddy heels of the world. Uh, again, like Francisco Garcia used to throw a ball into the stands every single game. Like you just didn't know when it was going to happen, but like people three rows deep knew they were going to get hit <laughs> if they weren't paying attention. They got the signs like at baseball games, watch yeah. out for flying bats and balls. And- e- exactly. So for me, when you have a player like Malik, you live with it, right? You And again, you'll live with a game like this. For as good as he's been, you'll live with him having a bad game in crunch time. Same with Fox. Like Fox is still a dominant player in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You'll live with what's happening with him in the fourth quarter. But it just can't be all the time. And And so for me, again, I looked at the game that Kevin Herter was playing. I saw that he had hit a three there in the fourth quarter, that you know his confidence is coming back. His defensive presence was was really high level. Mm-hmm. Plus, the fact is, like Kevin Herter is a is a lot bigger than a lot of the players that are running out there. That's true. And, and so, getting Kevin Herter even like in, in and around the basket, he's really good in that situation. That's a good and, point. And it's possible that you could have got and the rebound situation. How did the Kings get demolished on the glass? I have no idea. Well. That's again, like, where is somebody stepping up and saying, okay, we're not going to get killed on the glass? Mm-hmm. Both teams shoot around 50%. One team has 14 more rebounds or 12 more rebounds, whatever yeah. the end total was. Yeah. So for me, like, there's a lot of things that happened here, but like, you're a coach, you got to, you got to sit there and work through what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard when, you know, if you pull Malik, people are going to blame you for pulling Malik. And it, and Malik well, might not be happy about it. And, and, but if you're, and then if Kevin Herter doesn't hit a shot, people mm-hmm. are going to be like, oh, come on. You know, we know what that guy does. And so there's all this negativity. And, mm-hmm. and like, again, I I think I, I'm not advocating for bad losses because I would have much preferred the Kings won that game and learned from it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would take that type of loss over the other type of loss. Yeah. I, I, I think I the the thing for me with Malik and Herter specifically, one, I think Herter is a really logical answer for when teams go small against the Kings. And that just seems like a, a logical fit because he's six seven and he's likely gonna be bigger than the shooting guard or mm-hmm. small forward that is also on the court. So okay, that that's there. I think Trey Lyles is another answer that that if they wanna put the if if another team wants to go small I think you can go Trey Lyles at the five, and I know that, okay, then you're pulling Domas off the court, but, um, I mean, based on last night, maybe that's a preferable option. But, again, we'll see if that's something teams can employ because not many teams have Kevin Durant that they can just throw at the center. Well, that and, like, look, Demonis Sabonis is, has been incredible all season long. Yeah. You're waiting for the moment where he figures it out on the fly. He mm-hmm. didn't figure it out on the fly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's going to happen. Yeah. Like, like not yeah. every, you know, again, think of all the times where we see Domas overreact. Yes, I get it. I get <laughs> it. But like, think how many times we see Demonis Sabonis like twirling his finger asking for a replay. And that then we watch, and then we watch the replay and it's like, bro, you just shoved him on the hip and he fell out of bounds. Yeah. Like that was, that was a foul. Yeah. 
So I, I think in the moment, Domas gets so hyper-focused and so intense that sometimes he's not he's not seeing the forest through the trees. Hmm. And, and so, so for me, there are times where you're just like so amped up and so in it. Sure. And you just lost a bad game. You want nothing more than to come back from the road trip three and two. You know what this means. You know it's a team. If you get that win, you now you're three and zero oh against the Suns, and you win the season series. Mm-hmm. Even though you still have two games left against them, which is totally bizarre, um, the Kings still have two more chances to win the season series. Uh, but but it's it's one of those things where I think you're just so amped up and so in it that you can't calm down for a second and make an adjustment that was crucial. Yeah. And I'm not ever going to say, hey. Like the best thing to do is to pull Demonis Sabonis. He still, if if a team goes small, he should be able to be an absolute mismatch problem for the other team. I agree. He should be able to rebound every single ball. He should be able to go score in the post the entire time because he can bull rush anybody in that situation. Yeah. He didn't do it. Yeah. He didn't get in the post and mm-hmm. actually do it. He kept setting screens out on the perimeter. He didn't get back and, and go try to defend a three-point shooter because that's all they had on the court. Right. So there are all of these things that kind of lead you to like, it was just, it's <clears throat> it's a one-off. It's an anomaly. It Just because two of them happened in a row doesn't mean it's a trend. Mm-hmm. The, those two were two, is a coincidence. Those were, yes, they were two totally different <laughs> types of losses that yeah. you had. Yeah. And, you know, sure, they don't need, neither one of them feel good, but, you know, I, I'd much prefer that than losing to the Charlotte Hornets at home. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. A couple of clutch time things real quick. Uh, Malik Monk actually leading the Kings in clutch time scoring this year Mm. at 4.2 points. Uh, He's seventh in the league. De'Aaron Fox at 3.6. He is 15th in the league. According to NBA.com slash stats slash player slash clutch dash traditional. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) URL. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has not made a three in clutch time this year. Mm. That's shocking. That's maybe wild. I'm conflating some with la- maybe I'm got a couple like where they're up eight and they need a big shot to kind of put it away that he hits. How many games are we talking about though? Twenty six. Nope, that's his age. Uh, Fourteen. <laughs> Fourteen games. Nope, that's his age. <laughs> uh, Fourteen games. Yeah. At uh, he's about four point six minutes per game. Of clutch time, mm. yeah. That's it's not a lot of hmm. clutch clutch play this year. Yeah, not and, a lot of opportunities. And he's sure. also he's not the same player that he was last year. In some senses, he's way better, and in other senses, he's got some work to do. Do you know who's leading that? Just quick aside. Do you know who's leading the NBA in clutch time scoring this year? I would give you ten guesses, and I don't think you'd get it. Kyrie Irving. No, he's third. Oof. Oh, this is a fun game. This is what we're going to do to the break. Oh, wow. We have more Mike Brown sound. Um, best in clutch time. It's not Luca. Yeah. Uh, Luca, it is not. He is. Oh, geez. Really? Wow. Th- th- How about 35th? Oh, well, because all of them are going to the other guy. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton? Tyrese Halliburton is sixth. Mm. 4.3. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea Gilgis Alexander is oh he's way down here thirtieth. Uh, oh, that's kind of shocking. I don't know if I'm going to get this, Kyle. Ever. <laughs> he's only played seven games of clutch time this year. Oh, so it's someone who's not on a good team. Correct. Oh wow. Well, it's not Marvin Bagley. Nope, 
it's not. I'm going to guess. Captain Salary Dump over there. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Salary Dump. That's weird. I, I don't know, man. I, you got to give me. Anferny Simons. Oh, my goodness. Of the Portland Trailblazers is your leading clutch time scorer this year. 5.4 points. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. Mikael Bridges is number two. Kyrie Irving three. Dame Lillard four. Steph Curry and Tyrese Halliburton tied for fifth. Oh. Man. All right. So I wasn't that far off with Halliburton. Yeah. But Malik right. Monk's been good in crunch time, man. Yeah, what was he, what did you say? He's sixth? Uh, se- uh se- seventh. Okay. Yeah, 4.2, 47.1% from the field, but 27.8% from three. Mm. Yikes. All right. Anyways, clutch time scoring, am I right? Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a, a huge I, stat. I think, no, I, I know it, and, and especially in a spot like last night, and it's not even the, I think there's a huge difference between, hey, this has been a back and forth game, and now it's it's time to buckle up. There's a huge difference between that and we're up 18 with five and a half minutes left. Oh no, it's a clutch time game. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Three minutes later, like yeah. that, that recovering from that. And that's just something the Kings are going to, are going to have to, like you said, there's kind of growth in their steps and ideally that's a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> ideally they, they kind of put teams away going forward and I, I, I believe they will. Like you said, I think a lot of what they did last night was correctable. Yeah, but if they get into another spot where it's close late and a team goes small and they have a lot of these same problems, now it's more than just a coincidence. Yeah, and, I, and hey, Kyle, I'm I'm gonna add one last thing before we jump please. into the break. Like there is something to like half of the roster knowing that the Kings are trying to improve the roster and knowing that their time in Sacramento could be short. And a little bit of panic on some of these guys. Yeah. So a little bit of uncomfortability. And uh, like, don't forget that at this point, because I think this is that moment where they could have taken a huge step forward mm-hmm. and they're just kind of treading water. Yeah. 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 Tough point. times. All right. We will tell you the Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. First thing coming out of the break. Qualify to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. Qualify to win a King's jersey. Yep. Like an actual jersey, not like a t-shirt, not a... No. It's like an actual nice jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you qualify to win one of those. We will tell you how next. And the Sacramento A's? Oh, yeah. Exact same thought. Wave hey, everybody. We'll, we'll update you on that next. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 